ain't going to happen, devil. It ain't going to happen. Not today. That wasn't in my notes. That was just something that happened tonight. So beware. He is seeking to devour. That's what he does. Um, I'm going to pray just real quick, if you don't mind. I know we've been praying for a while, but I just want the Lord to reveal to us tonight. I want him to work through me. Father, I love you. I thank you, Lord, for giving me the opportunity to speak to your people. Lord, I don't take it lightly. I know it's a huge responsibility. Father, I pray, God, that I can just somehow, just some way, do your word just a tiny bit of justice for what it really is, God. Lord, put your words in my mind, Lord, that I may bring them out of my mouth, Father. Lord, I don't want one syllable that comes out of this mouth that doesn't come from the Holy Spirit. Help me, Lord, to deliver what you want me to say here tonight, that it may resonate in the hearts of some people and stick hold in their lives, God. Father, bless this house, Lord. We love you, and this place said, amen. Now, I'm going to be getting our text tonight from 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 1. Some of you are like, what? We still go with the Old Testament? Yes, we do. That Old Testament's got some good stuff in it. And this, I'll be reading out the King James Version. Y'all can do what you do. I don't know what version you want to read from, but it doesn't. I'm, I'm still a King James guy, I guess. I'm going to start on uh, chapter 9, verse 1. Everybody got there? Oh, me or oh, my? Okay. And David said, Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul, that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake. And there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. And when they had called him unto David, the king said unto him, Are you Ziba? And he said, Your servant is he. And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul, that I may show the kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan has yet a son, which is lame on his feet. And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Machir, the son of Amiel, in Lodibar. You can underline that word in your Bible if you want. Make note of that, Lodibar. Then King David sent and fetched him out of the house of Machir, the son of Amiel, from Lodibar. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was coming to David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, Behold your servant. And David said unto him, Fear not. For I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake, and will restore all you the land of Saul, your father. And you shall eat bread at my table continually. And he bowed himself and said, What is your servant that you should look upon such a dead dog as I am? Then the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said unto him, I have given unto you, your master's son, all that pertain to Saul and to all his house. You, therefore, and your sons and your servants shall till the land for him, and you shall bring in the fruits that your master's son may have food to eat. 
But Mephibosheth, your master's son, shall eat bread always at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then said Ziba unto the king, According to all that my lord the king has commanded his servant, so shall your servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. God, we thank you for your word, which is always true, always righteous, and always just. God, we have read your word tonight, and I pray, God, that we can put it into real-life practice here in this house tonight. God, we love you. Amen. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of background on Mephibosheth. I don't think I need these for a little bit. might come back to them. Some of you may not know who he is in the Bible. Some may. Um, as I read, he was the King Saul's grandson, the son of Jonathan. He was royalty, heir to the throne, going to be in line to be a king. If you read, go back a few chapters, you'll find out he was five years old, I think chapter four, if you read it, five years old, just a little boy running around the palace. I mean, I don't, I've got grandkids, you know how they act when they're five, they want everything. I don't imagine this kid wanted for anything. In the palace, had life right here in the palm of his hand, had it all for him. Wasn't nothing he didn't want for, best clothes, best food, best toys, probably had Xbox, all McDonald's he could eat, I don't know. In those days, he had everything he wanted. Ain't nothing he didn't want. He was royalty. So, five-year-old little boy, doing what he does. One day, the news comes to the palace that turned this little feller's life completely upside down. Flip-flopping. Because, let me tell you something. You ain't always up here on top of this mountain. If we was always up here on top of the mountain, we wouldn't be hollering out for God like we do. Right. We wouldn't be needing Him, huh? Right. If you have everything you wanted all the rest of your life, I mean, we, sometimes we get down in here, God allows things to happen in your life. Sometimes you're down in here so you can look up and say, oh, there you are. Right. Uh, I forgot, I need you, God. This little guy's life a trip upside down. News came into the palace. His daddy and his grandfather, in one swoop, whew, they got killed in battle. Now, in those days, when the king falls, there's a new king coming in. First thing they do, they go through, they go through the palace and they take out all the future former heirs to the throne. He gone. I mean, I know it sounds harsh, but that's what they did. He was going to be axed. The nursemaid knows this. The one that takes care of him. She rushes him, picks him up. Bible says, I think it's chapter 4, Rushley picks him up, and she begins to flee with him. She's going to try to save him. And in her haste, she falls, she drops him. Little five-year-old Mephibosheth had it all going on, and in one bad day, boom, Bible says he was lame in both feet. Now, in those days, if you're lame in both feet, or if you're lame, you have a problem, they ship you off. Sometimes not so different than what goes on in today's society. Maybe if you're a little different, maybe if you look a little different, maybe you act a little different, maybe if you've done things in your life, sometimes we, we put a tag on you. 
Oh, you know. You know that person over here that, that's lame? You know that person. You know that person over here that did drugs? You know that, that person there. We, sometimes, we forget their names. God never forgets. God never forgets. So she picks him up, she runs, she drops him. And the next thing we know, we're reading in chapter 9, King is sitting at his throne one day and he's thinking, man, I made a covenant with my friend, Jonathan. This is my, this is my best friend. They were soulmates. He loved him like his own soul. If you read it, I love him. He said, I made a pact with him, a covenant. I will show kindness to this, his family. So he calls his Ziba. Is there anybody there? He says, yeah, master, there's one. Mephibosheth, his name, but ah, he's over here in Lodibar. King's like, okay. That don't make no, see, now that don't make no difference to some kings. He doesn't care where you're at. He doesn't care what place you're in. When he calls you, he calls you. So David says, well, go fetch him. Go get him. Well, I, I, I guess I can. So I, I thought about Lodibar. Because I, I, I don't know if you hear a whole lot about that. I think Tommy preached one several years ago about it. But you don't hear much about Lodibar. It's just one of those places over there. Maybe it's on the other side of the tracks. You know, one of the places we just soon, when you drive by, you know a place you drive by and you, you turn this way. Oh, I don't, uh, no, I'm not even going to look over there. You know how we do. We get like that. So I looked at Lodibar, and the Bible talks about Lodibar, as the Bible's version of it is a place of no green pasture, a place of no communication. I thought, man, that don't sound too, I mean, I, mean, I guess no green pasture, I mean, I don't know. So in my mind, you know, I, again, I'm, I'm a little different than some of you all, so I'm thinking, green pastures, that sounds kind of nice. So I, I want you to do this favor, do this for me. I want you to visualize if you can. You close your eyes. I don't care how you do it. You're driving down a country road. It's a beautiful day. Sun shining high up in the sky. Not a cloud. Gorgeous spring day. And you're just driving along, and you could go down a road. Now, I love to do this. I love to go out and just drive around the country. It's amazing. If you don't do it, sometimes it'll just give you peace like none other. So I'm driving down the road. Come across top of the hill. Just over the top of the hill, the crest of the hill, you look out over here to the side and you see this gorgeous green, lush pasture. Vegetation is beautiful, it's green, just as tall. You look out across, there's a little brook, maybe meandering its way through crystal clear waters. And I thought, man, that's, that's just beautiful. That's a place where I'd want to be place of green pasture. You look out there and you see the animals grazing. There's life in the green pastures. There's joy in the green pasture. There's communication in the green pasture. There is all you need to sustain you in this green pastures. But not for Mephibosheth, because that wasn't where he was at. He was in just the opposite place. He was in a place of Lodibar. No green pasture. So I looked up you know, Lodi Bar and old Webster's, there they are. About like Tommy looking for glasses everywhere. And oh, you know, Webster's describes it 
a place of without order, disorderly, no leader, rebellious, no shepherd without pasture, barren, and no speech. That don't sound like a place that I want to be. So if you will, you're still in your car, okay? Still in your car and you're driving. Beautiful green pasture here. You take a little more drive. And now you're going down a road. Now you're going down a path that maybe we shouldn't take sometimes. We've all done it. None of us are perfect in here. Not one. You come upon another field. It's at the end of the road. Here's this another field. You look out across here, and there's a field that's got, it's brown, it's dead. There's nothing growing. There's no word. There is nothing. There's no animals grazing. There's no life in this pasture. There's nothing there. Nothing good in this place of Lodi Bar. Mm. Hallelujah. It's not a place I want to be. That's where Mephibosheth ended up. To no fault of his own, by the way. Sometimes you, listen, sometimes you end up in Lodi Bar, and it may not be your fault. Now, I never was one to play the victim. When I messed up, I'm like, yep, I did that. Like my son, when he was growing up, mm-mm. I say, Troy, was you out doing, yeah, yeah, Dad, I did that. I'm like, oh, man, at least, at least, at least look the other way when you're telling me that. Nope. He'd tell you straight up the truth. I never was play the victim card. When I got in a place of Lodi Bar, it was my fault. I'm the one that took me there. But not this poor guy. He ended up there with somebody else, dropped him. Maybe somebody dropped you in the past. I don't know your story, but he knows your story. He knows all about you. He knows everything you've done, everything you're going to do. Let that sink in just for a minute. So I'm thinking, you know, Lodi Bar doesn't have to be lame in your feet. I don't know what your Lodi Bar is. Maybe your Lodi Bar place is a place of guilt. Maybe your Lodi Bar is a place of shame. Maybe your Lodi Bar is a place of addiction. Maybe your Lodi Bar is a place of, hey, of no communication. Maybe you're in a Lodi Bar place. Maybe you're at the, down at the end of this road, and you can't got nowhere else to go. Maybe there's no place for you to turn around. I don't know what your Lodi Bar place is. We've all been down at the end of that road. But hallelujah, you ain't got to stay down at the end of that road. This end of the road is not where Christ wants you to stay. This is not the end of your story way back here. This is not where he wants you to be. Hallelujah. So David, King David asked him, said, go get him, fetch him up. Bring him to me. Ziba goes and he picks him up. He says, Mephibosheth! Mephibosheth! And I don't know about you, but remember, Mephibosheth is, he's an adult now, and he's thinking, there's the king's crew, I was the former heir to the throne, and they're hollering for me, this ain't good. But for whatever reason, he was so far down in his Lodi bar, he decided to take a chance. Because when the king is calling for you, I don't care where you're at in your Lodi Bar place. When the king is hollering for you, when God is saying, hey, I need you. 
And when God is calling out for you, it doesn't matter what place you're in, I don't care where you're at, you better pick yourself up and you better take heed when the Master is calling for you. Turn yourself around and say, yes, Master, I hear you. You get yourself up. I don't know how Mephibosheth got to the king. It doesn't say. It just said he was there. Oh, I don't know. He was crippled in his feet. Maybe he scratched his way. I don't know if you've got to claw your way to the king. I don't know if you have to crawl to the king. I don't know if you have to get up and walk or run. I don't care if you put your thumb in the air. However, you've got to get Get there, get to the king. Turn yourself around. Do not stay in a place of Lodi Bar. There is no good thing there. It's loneliness. It's oneness. God doesn't want you to live like that. Turn yourself around. Do not stay there. When the master calls for you, heed his voice. Listen to him. Oh, Holy Spirit. Mm. Yes, Holy Spirit, I hear your voice in this place. You are so good and you are right on time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he get the, they pick him up. I don't know how he gets there. He gets there. Now he's laying in front of the king of kings, he said. Now look. And I'm sure he's scared to death. I've done things in my life and I was ashamed. I was embarrassed. A shameful mess. And I'm thinking, here's the king calling me? Mephibosheth looks up and he says, I'm just a, I'm, I'm just a dead dog. What could you want with me? I'm no good. I'm in Lodi Bar. I'm over here in a place where everybody else has just thrown me away. Society may throw you away. But I want you to know something. The king of kings has never turned his back on you. Not one time has he turned his back on you. We walk away from our king. And he is always sitting there just like this. Come back to me. Come back to me. No matter what you've done in your life, he is there with his arms wide open. Come back to me. Mephibosheth is, again, I'm sure he's scared to death because he doesn't know what's going to happen to him. You know, is the king going to run a spear through him? Is he going to just, ah, if the king does something that most of us didn't expect he would do. Not alone Mephibosheth, he had no idea. He showed him kindness. He showed him mercy. He showed him love. He showed him joy. He brought him into his house, into his own he said, today you will dine at my table. I don't know if that resonates with any of you in here. I can't wait to dine at the table of the king of kings and lord of lords. I cannot wait till that day happens. Because I'm going to tell you, I vision it like this. Again, my mind, you got to get in here. No, you don't got to get in here. It ain't a good place to be. I'm visioning, when, I'm visioning when he says, this day you will dine at my table. I'm looking at a table that has no end. It just goes on and on and on and on and on and on. This table never stops. And I'm looking there. There's a name on these tables. Place, there's chairs, and there's a name. There's Dina Hollifield. There's a name. There's Raji. There's Don Marie. There's Matthew Herbert. There is 
Sorry, Bubba. There's Kelly's name. There's Donnie's name. There's Troy's. There's Bob's name. Everybody's name is at this table. Everybody has a place at the table. Sean, there's a place at the table for you. Terry Lynn, there is a place at the master's table just for you. Now, I know look, you're, you're, we're all, hey, we're all sinners here. We all mess up. You know, I think Tommy used to do it like this. Put both hands and both feet in here if I could. We mess up. But this table goes on and on, and it doesn't stop. And there's a place for each and every one of us at the king's table. I want to be at that table. I don't want to be stuck in Lodi Bar anymore. I don't want that for my life. I've been in Lodi Bar two times in my life. I have been stuck in a place of Lodi Bar. It is not a good place to be. When you look at people out there, people are like, oh, Troy, now come on. You had a good life. Yeah, you know what I did? I had a good upbringing. My mom and dad were wonderful. Great. Loving, caring. Beat your backside when you needed it. It was great. I had great parents. But I want you to know something. Just because you see someone, they got a smile on their face. You don't know what they're going through. You do not know the Lodi Bar place they are in. I tell you, several years ago, and I may have missed this one time, I don't know, but I'm going to do it again anyhow, because I think you need to hear it. Something happened, we were in church, something happened, you know, man lets you down, happens all the time, because we're, I mean, we're idiots, that's just what it is, I, I, you know, I'm sorry, I make mistakes. But in my haste, in my haste to grab my family up, to safety, I thought was safety, I dropped them. I let my family down. I took them out of church completely. I didn't even go to a different church. That would have been way better. Not me. Oh no, Troy picks his whole family up, and what I thought I was doing good, I run. I'm going to save them. You know what? I dropped my family right on the ground. I took my whole family out of church because of something that the devil did. The devil did it. Man didn't do it to me. The devil did that. He deceived right here. He got in my mind, and I let him win. I was in a Lodi Bar place of no communication. Hmm. No communication. I don't know if you've ever been, I don't know if you've been a Christian, and, and you're living right, and all of a sudden you just like, you fall off. Maybe fell off a wagon. I don't know what you did. That's not my business. Don't care. I've been in a place where there was no communication with the king. There is no worse place in your life that you can be than when you're sitting there in your room and you're praying and there is no communication because of your stubbornness. It wasn't because he wasn't wanting to talk to me. It was because I wasn't right and I wasn't doing it right. That was on me. I took my whole family out and moved my whole family down at the end of the road in Lodi Bar. Way down here at the end. And I'm sorry to my family for that. Here I am, Mr. Savior of my family. And my pride. Pride's an awful thing. Pride is an awful thing. 
and I was full of it when I was younger. Thank God that I have humbled myself before the King of Kings. I ain't perfect. It's not what I'm saying. But he has humbled me, and I have humbled myself way on down here, just like Mephibosheth did when he crawled up to the king's throne. He said, I don't know what I can do. I am just a dead dog. What do you want with me? He said, I want you because you have a place at my table. You have a place to dine with me every day of your life. You have a place to sit here and eat of my table and drink of my drink. I love you that much. That's the place we want to be in, the green pastures. And I said, and I, I, this is how God does things, though. Sometimes he lets us wallow in our own, there you go, you know. He'll let us. He's like, you know what? You're going to be a baby, Troy? You go right over here at the end of the road, and you sit there and you pout on your own. You be a baby. You do your thing. And I did. I just want to, I've got to give God all the praise and glory. Because if he had come back during that time of my pride and my time in Lodi Bar, it wouldn't have been good on old Troy. That was on me. I was the spiritual leader of my family. Dropped him. I dropped him right on the ground. That was on this fella right here. All hands were pointing at me. Men, if you're hearing this tonight, be the leader of that family. You love them. Don't you let your family get in the place of Lodi Bar. You step up. The women have done it for so long. It is time for the men to step in and take their rightful place again. I'm not trying to get against any woman in the house. Please don't get me wrong. The men, you have got to stand up and take back what the enemy has stolen from you and your family. That is ordained by God. I don't mean to step on toes, but I'm sorry. Men, we're the spiritual leaders. That wasn't even in here. That was from the Holy Spirit. So don't throw stones at me. I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry. We've got to say what he tells us to say. But here's what God does. He lets you wallow in your own self-pity just long enough. You say, God, there's no way out. Nobody loves me. What am I going to do? I'm over here in Lodi Bar. I'm alone. I don't hear from you. I, I'm hooked on drugs. I have a porn addiction. I, I, I'm lonely. I'm sad. I'm fearful. I don't know what it was for you. And then God does what he always does. He comes in. And he will pick you up out of that Lodi Bar place. He did that for me and my family, and he did it with a little girl. Right there she sits. One day in our house, sitting there, I don't know what I was even doing. I, I, who knows, probably getting ready to go coon hunting or something. I don't know. She walks in, and my wife remembers this. She says, Dad, why don't we go to church anymore? And I just looked at her. I couldn't even answer her. I was choked up. I'm like, well, Dad, she said, Daddy, I, I want to go back to church. I want to go to church. How awesome is that? God doesn't care he'll use you. He will use anyone. He will use anyone that he desires to use to get to you. I looked at her, and I said, we're going to go back to church. We're going to start doing things right by God, not by me. 
Get me out of the way, God, please. Get me completely out of the way. Use me for whatever it is that you want to use me for. He used a little girl. I don't know. She might have been 13 or 14 years old at the time. And I went in my room. She doesn't know. I went in my room and I cried because I realized right then and there how lucky I was that God loved me enough that he still held a place at his table for me. And at that doing so, now there's a place for me at his table. Now there's a place for Tana and Shannon and little Troy and Addie and my grandbabies. You see how God works here? You get out of Lodi Bar. If you're in a place to Lodi, you get out of there. Do not sit there and wallow in your own self-pity. I'm not trying to come down on anyone. But we have got to understand, folks, we are too late in this game to be wallowing in your self-pity. It's over. There's no time for that. I heard an illustration. I wasn't going to use it, but I'm going to do it because it's really cool. It's not me, by the way. I heard this on a preacher on, I don't know, he was preaching on it one night. My wife mentioned it before we came in tonight. She said, you want to say that? I'm like, no, that's plagiarizing. I ain't going to do that. She said, well, do it. I said, no, I ain't going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it right now. I hope I get it right. If I don't, don't, don't come after me later. <laughs> it's, a, it's good. I hope I can only do it justice. Lord, help me. Oh, get it right. Get it. Okay. All right, here we go. I'm going to try this. Preacher was, he had a friend. He called him his frenemy. Now, we all know we got some of those, right? You got some people that, they really like you from a distance, but you know behind, you know they're the ones that are behind your back talking about you. They're the ones that are saying, you ain't going to make it. They're the ones that are saying, you ain't going to get back up. They're the ones that are saying, you ain't going to get better. They're the ones that are behind your back, you know, picking at you, doing things you can't see, but you know they're there. You know the friend. You know who they are. He said one day he was playing checkers. I thought, well, okay, I'll use this, Lord. God can use anything. They're playing checkers. And he said, I was a good checker player. I was the best. I was the best on the block. Nobody can beat me at checkers. He's playing this friend of me. He said, next thing you know, uh, he's looking down at the board, and he only got one guy left. He said, oh, good Lord, I'm going to get beat by my friend of me. The enemy's going to take me down on my own game. He got one checker left. One checker left is all he had. <laughs> but just like the devil, he left that door open. And then God come in and said, no, wait a minute. All ain't over. You might have one checker left, but it ain't over. This game ain't over for you. Hey, guys, this game ain't over. I don't care how far down you are, the game ain't over. He said, and all of a sudden, the dude made a mistake. He said, whoop. He said, I reached over and I jumped him, landed on his back row. And he looked at his enemy. He said, now you got to king me. I have just jumped over you, enemy, and now you got to king me. He said, when the king kings you, then he said, now all of a sudden, I can make a jump here that I couldn't make before. Now I can go over here where I couldn't go before. Now I can go backwards and take back the property and everything that the evil enemy stole from me. He said, I was able to make moves I never could make before. I don't know how that works, but that's what God will do. When you get down at the end of the road and there's nothing left, there's nowhere for you to go, you have fallen all the way as far as you can fall. I want you to know something. 
There's one more thing down at the end of that road waiting on you. And that is God's grace. His grace is so sweet. There is no better grace than when you are on the end of your rope, when you are at the end of your line. There is no better grace than that grace right there at the end. When at the very end you think, well, this is over for me. I got nowhere else to go, nothing else I can do. There's nothing else. And God just swoops in with his loving grace and picks you up. And he holds you right there in his hand. That's what he does. He is such a loving God. That's what God does for us. There's no better grace, there's no better feeling than when the King of Kings and the Master picks you up, cradles you in his hands, no matter how broken you were, no matter how sad you were, no matter how lonely you were, no matter the shame you had, no matter the guilt you had, no matter the fear you had, no matter the anger you had, he says, I have got you in the palm of my hand. I love you this much. And he takes you and he sets you at the table. Here, Troy, here's your place at my table. You sit right there and you eat from my table continually. You eat from my, my table the rest of your days. Listen to me tonight. I told you I'd be mindful of your time and I will. If you're in a place of a loady bar situation in your life, and this between you and God, I want you to handle this between you and God. I'm not going to call you to, you know, I'm not calling you out to come up here. That's, I believe you can pray right there at your seats. I really do. God's, God knows where you're at. The back row, he sees you back there. I want you to pray this prayer. I want you to pray in this way. I want you to say, God, I'm in a place of loneliness. I'm in a place of fear. Whatever your lonely, whatever your loady bar place is, I want you to pray tonight that God takes you out of that. Because that is no place to live. That's no place to be in Lodi Bar. It's an awful, awful place. I said, I have been there. Pray that prayer tonight. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait till the next service. Pray that prayer tonight. God, take me out of that Lodi Bar place. That's a place for Satan and his minions. That is not a place for us to be as Christians, as followers of Christ. Jesus loves you that much. We owe him that. Give him that. And I said there was two places. I told you I was going to close, but I got something else I got to say. Two times I've been in Lodi Bar. First one you heard. The second one was when my brother passed away. I said, God, I don't understand. And I think I spoke that one morning up here. I don't, I don't, Holy Spirit was speaking. I said, God, I don't understand. But I remember, I remember saying that I was, I was done. I, I want to know more. I want to know more to do with any of this. I, I, 
I throwed my hands up in the air. I said, God, I can't. I just, I just, I can't go on. You know, you, you called him. You, 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 he did. You called. He answered. He did what he was supposed to do. And then in one fell swoop, you take him. I said, God, those are things I simply don't understand. I couldn't, I couldn't comprehend why. I don't understand that. And some of you here tonight, we've been there. You would, you would and I know, you have laid in your bed at night. You have sat in your room with the lights all off with nothing going on, and you said, God, I don't understand why. I don't know what your why was. I I don't know. That's between you and God. But I said, God, I simply just don't understand. I have, I I thought I had given all I could. Tommy did. And then just like that, where are we at? There's, there's, there's questions that we will never get a clear-cut answer to. No matter how hard you pray, no matter how hard you seek, no matter how hard you ask, there's just things that are above us. There's things that we can't comprehend inside our minds. We just can't do it. All I know is he told me, and I was in a bad way, guys. I told you I was fixing to just... I was done. This right here, this wonderful, precious, life-saving, all-powerful, living, life-giving word, I was done with it. I'd had enough. I've seen enough heartache in my life through, through living or trying what I thought through this. But then God said, one day, you'll be dining at my table with your brother. One day, every one of you in this place here, if you stay on track, you will have a seat at the king's table too. And here's what I want. Again, I said a while ago, if you're in a place in Lodi Bar, I don't know what that looks like for you. I want you to pray this night. Don't let it go away. That God comes and rescues you out of your loading bar place. But you've got to do your part. You can't just pray, God, I'm in a place of despair. God, I'm in a place that I don't know what to do. God's going to reveal things to you, and he's going to send somebody. God will send somebody in your path. He did me. He'll do it for you. But when he does this, You've got to take it and run with it. When he brings you up out of there, you can't look backwards. You can't go back. You don't want to go back to the end of the road, guys. There's nothing back here for you. There is not one thing to benefit you from going back to your old life. Nothing. Nothing. Prove me wrong. Nothing worth losing your seat at the king's table. 
Not one thing on this earth is worth losing your place at the king's table. I want to be sitting at his table forever and ever and ever and ever. I never want to stop at have I never want to stop sitting there. I never want to be out of his presence. Never. Do this for me tonight. If you're good, praise the Lord. Now here's where it's going to get tough on you. Everybody's going, oh, I got this, I got this. Now I'm going to throw something on you now. <clears throat> every one of us, hang on. every last one of you sitting in this place today, and all you people that are listening outside these walls, you know someone who is in a loady bar place. Every last one of you knows someone Maybe a brother, maybe a sister, maybe an aunt, an uncle, a husband, I don't know, one of your kids. Somebody knows somebody that is at the end of the road. I don't care what their situation is. Here's what I want you to do. I don't want you to just pray for that person. Oh, you know, we, we're good at that. Oh, we're real good at that. You know, I'm not going to pray. Oh, you're in a bad way. No, I'm, 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 I'm going to pray. But that's good. We need to pray for them. The Bible says, don't just pray for them. Right. If they're cold, give them your coat. Right. Don't just pray for them. If they're hungry, mm-hmm. get them some food. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. If they need a place to stay, get them a place to stay. Every one of us have someone on their mind right now. I know it. I can feel it in here. Every last person here knows someone. And you're looking down that table. Remember God's table? Those people that you're hurting for, that you're thinking about, that you pray for, that you're worried about, they've got a seat there too. And there's a place with their name on it. Wouldn't it be great if we could get all of our friends and loved ones at that table as well? How amazing wouldn't that be? If you look down inside the row and there's all your family members, I want to go. You look down this way and there's all your friends. And here's the beauty of this. When you get your family members all at the seat, they get their family members, they get their friends, they get, you see how this works? This is not just me saving Dina or helping Dina. This is me helping her, her helping you, you helping two, you helping four, you helping six. This is how we must look at things, guys. Things are different than they used to be. Like I said before, when I first started, Satan is relentless in what he does. He never stops. He is out there right now seeking and trying to destroy your family and your loved ones. Are we going to work just as hard? Are we going to be just as diligent? I mean, you look, look, I hate to give him any props, but the dude's a master at what he does. I mean, he is an absolute master at what he does right in here. This is what he does. Just like, just like before I came to church. I mean, dude cuts me off. I'm like, well, how, well I'll tell you what. No. I mean, I... What kind of testimony would that be? Where's, where's Troy? Well, he's supposed to be preaching, but he's in jail tonight. He smacked somebody at the store. Guys, come on. <laughs> I don't think I would have went that far. Those days are over. 
Those days are over. I used to be pretty hot-headed and competitive. Jay, you know we played a lot of ball. Them days are over, though. No, so I want you to really be, this is what the Holy Spirit wants to do. I told you to be mindful. I'm going to be mindful. I'm going to close here in just a minute. I want you to put people on your minds this week, please. It is, it's imperative. We have to do this. If, it is our job to do this. This is, this is, this is what we do as Christians. Everybody thinks, you, well, not everybody, you guys, are, you guys, most of you guys are seasoned. You're, you, you've been in this, you know. It's not just our job to do this. Praise the Lord. Oh, hey, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That, no, that's not it. That's great. That ain't it. <laughs> Your job is to go out there and bring them into the storehouse. It's what we do. It's who we are. He said, the harvest is plentiful. What is it? The workers are few. But I want to tell you tonight, there's enough workers in this place right here tonight. I don't know, there's, I don't know, 60, well, 50, I don't know how many people here. If you would go out and get that one person out of Lodi Bar, and you get them into the storehouse, that's 140. And then they go out and get one person. That's 280. And then they go out and get one person. Guys, don't make me do any more math because that's as far as it's going to get. You see where I'm going here. We have got to do our part. We can't just come in these walls and pray and say hallelujah and I love you Jesus and we do. There is work to be done. It has to be done. It needs to be done. It's our job to do it. Let's get busy and do what he called us to do. Hallelujah. And I'm closing. That's number two or three. That's two. I don't even know what time it is. Anybody know? I don't know. Oh, oh, oh we better close. We got to close. People got to get up early. We're going to pray. And again, I said, I want you guys to pray. I'm not going to call these up front. But I want you to pray for somebody this week. I want you to reach out. To, don't just pray. I want you to reach out. That Make contact with someone that you know is struggling. It is, it is, we have to, please. You're not doing this for me. You ain't doing it for Pastor Raji. You're doing this for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Just like David sent Zeba out to go. Yeah, we know a little bit about Zeba. You know, he did some things that was questionable, but he did obey what his king told him to do. He went out to Lodibar and brought him back. Let's work on that, guys. Let's do that. I'm closing. Lord, I love you, and I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, for giving me the words to say. God, they were your words. They were not mine. God, because I am not capable of doing the things, Lord. Only through the, the Holy Spirit are we capable of doing what you need us to do. God, I pray this night that the words have landed on these people and they have gleaned them words. They have, they have picked them up. They have tucked them deep inside their heart. God, I pray, God, tonight you will put people on their hearts and minds and they will go out into the highways and the byways and they will do your bidding, God. They will go out, Father, and they will reach someone. They will go down to the very end of the road and pluck someone out of Lodibar. 
God, I pray that they do it with compassion and love and all. Father, God, you will get all the glory. Every last person that comes up out of Lodi Bar, you will get the glory for it. Hallelujah. Because, God, I know that you want your table to be packed full. God, I know you do not want an empty seat at none of your tables, Father. Lord, I pray, God, this place and these people under my sound of my voice tonight, they will have the best week they've had, Lord, in months and months and months, God. Lord, they will go out this week and they will do your work. Hallelujah. Father, we love you and we are loved by you. You are the lover of our soul. You are the king of kings, the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley, the prince of peace, the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end, the rabbi, the teacher. You are all these things and you are the great I am. And we get to serve you and we get to sit at your table. Father, we love you and we will continue to do your work. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You are dismissed tonight. Thank you. Amen. We love you guys. That's how he had me to close it. And so, yeah, that's good. Yeah, thank you. <laughs>